Do you know which is the fastest growing programming language in the world? The one which is the most flexible, reliable and capable programming language and one which plays a major role in web development, GUI programming, big data, machine learning as well as custom enterprise solutions. You're You're right, right. it's It's Python. Python. It's easy to use with strong performance and a wide range of applications. For future coders like you, Viva Coder Dubai has launched the certified entry-level Python Programmer Certification Training Course. And the good news is you don't require any experience in computer programming. By joining the course, you'll be trained and ready for the PCEP Certification Examination. Enroll now. For more information, visit www.vivacoder.com. That's www.vivacoder.com. The The starting starting place to become become a future future coder. coder. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Entrepreneurial Dash with me, Faisal Zaidi. As you know, we dedicate a significant part of our podcast series to entrepreneurs, and we always endeavor to bring successful ideas, entrepreneurs, and facilitators to the show. Today, I have with me Zainab Bata from startup.com, and she recently joined them uh, a month ago in a space. Yes. Hello. Hello. Magnet, uh, in a recent report, said that $1.2 billion have been given to startups in H1 2021. It's a 64% increase year on year. Yeah. So how long ago did you guys start? Um, Firstly, yeah, that's a very interesting fact. So thank you for sharing. We actually have been in the market now for six months, uh, officially. Okay. We, we did launch and get the license uh, a year and a half ago, but due to COVID, of course, like many people, we were uh, delayed in, in opening. But officially, we launched six months ago, and we've been uh, going since then. You guys are privately funded. Correct, yes, and privately funded. So we're the first private incubator in Dubai, okay. in the UAE. And what that means essentially is that it's owned and run by a private individual. So if you compare it to any of the kind of government um, incubators that exist in Dubai, and there are quite a few, uh, essentially they're all backed by the government, right? So there's kind of endless funds and it may not be as rigorous because it's it's, it's government. And that's not a bad thing. It just mm-hmm. means that here, like if, you know, if you're incubated here, you really have the owner who is privately mentoring you at certain times you know um we sometimes joke that some of us end up sleeping here because we're kind of literally (laughs) running businesses together so it becomes kind of like a family um and everyone works together in order to that's what you're looking for right that's what all startups are, are actually looking for Definitely. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants kind of an extension of themselves, right? To say, okay, I can kind of rely on this and I can come there and feel secure and feel like we can reach our goals. So that's, that's a nice thing. Okay. Now, what about you? You've taken on this role a month ago. They've handed you the reins. Where do you come from? What's what's your background? Yes. Um, yeah. So they've hired me here as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you know, I take care of multiple things and in all entrepreneurial roles wear 100 different hats a day uh so from one minute i'd probably be helping an incubatee with you know helping them with a presentation or an event uh to the next minute building partnerships with other providers of either academic services or you know connecting with investors for our um for our incubatees so there's various different roles that i take my background is in law and business so i studied law in the uk did my mba in new york and then um, ended up here running my own company and um, actually was recommended to, to these guys to help out here. So that's why I'm here and I, I love it so far. Very nice. So 
every startup uh, or every incubator has, you know, a kind of field that they're drawn to. You have Unbox that's looking at property. You have FinTech Hive, obviously, with FinTech. And you have Astrolabs that's looking into tech. What do you guys focus on? Like, what is the niche that you're aiming for? Yeah, that's a great question. So in general, so far, we've been almost industry agnostic. Uh, There has been some focus on tech incubators. At the same time, I think myself and the owner have a kind of um, liking towards artists and the creative industries. So that's one thing that we've been focusing on. And we've, you know, we're we're actually having an artist um, from India who will be in residency from next month, uh, essentially aiming to commercialize his work and, you know, bring some more uh, focus and um, exposure to him. We also have a company now that's the Arabian Book of World Records, which is kind of a spin-off on the Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. Uh, so what he does is he curates Guinness World Records externally, so it almost becomes marketing. So for example, now he's just in the the world's biggest sanitar- hand sanitizer, right? So we're gonna do that event on Thursday at Wafi. Uh, for the company that hired him to do that and curate that, it's marketing. For him, it's a uh, business opportunity right so you know we're all kind of building that and he's curating the actual guinness book of records from the backside basically um and the goal for him for the arabian world records is to actually have a space where obviously we're in dubai everyone wants to be the biggest and best so it's a perfect place to be doing that so again artist creative bringing together those kind of people that's interesting like that's interesting for me as well like i I am an artist i paint as well and I, i don't think Art tech is a word that I've heard before. Exactly. Prop tech, fintech, you know, like all of those. But art tech hasn't isn't something that I've come across. Absolutely. You know, like when you come across the term startups, it's usually just tech. Everyone's just looking at tech. Yeah. Is that necessary, or could anything be a startup? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Uh, and I think that the problem with always assuming it has to be tech is people feel that they can't be a startup because they're not tech focused, right? Whereas, I mean, think about everything we do today. Everyone. A company started just by simply selling toilet roll you're still a startup company right so just to go back to the basics but at the end of the day anyone can be a startup you may be selling anything it could be a service it could mm-hmm. be even now for example the new strategy for dubai's creative economy it's all about publishing poetry books art creativity you can have startups in any field so to answer your question you do not have to be tech related do uh, i have to have a tech base not necessarily you don't have to there's so many traditional businesses that can be successful it depends if you're not trying to be the next google or the next you know uber why not a startup is just a business at the end of the day it's that we glamorize tech and i think that that loses its essential authenticity of just being a business but then look at the vcs look at all the you know all the money that's coming into tech right now would they be interested in businesses that are not tech-based? Well, not necessarily if that's their focus. But I'm sure, I mean, for example, this, like I said, we're privately funded. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that the owner himself has taken on current businesses that aren't just tech-focused, right? And they're doing well and there's potential to grow. And the example is the Arabian World Records one. Right. It's not a tech-based company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another company called Airport Assist which basically provides airport assistance, VVIP, VIP throughout the world. It's not tech-based necessarily. It's a genuine service, right? So as much as there's a tech backend, it's not a tech business per se. So I definitely think there's opportunity there that, that isn't being looked upon. And it's not to say that you can't be successful if you have tech, of course, but there's a lot of more investment upfront with that. Okay. So just for everyone listening, um, 
if I do have an idea, if I do have something that I want to create, um, how do we start? So what I suggest you do in the beginning is create a pitch deck. Um, now, what we've had recently, we've just started, we launched our pitch days, which is on Thursdays, and we get loads of pitches who want to come, and we basically advise them to come and present properly, right? So instead of having a PDF where you're scrolling through sheets, get a proper PowerPoint presentation. So these sound like really, really simple, simple things, but you'll you'll be surprised how many people don't come with a formal PowerPoint presentation, right? right. When you're pitching, you need a PowerPoint presentation. You need to know that it's going to be within three minutes. So that's where I would say you start. Start creating your pitch deck, putting together things, put together the numbers, put it together in a very concise three-minute way so you can present it. You know, they talk about the elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're looking for here. So you need to be able to say it in a fast way. You know, today's, um, what's the word, it's, attention span is quite short <laughs> so we need to kind of get it out there boom 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 uh and so that's what i would suggest is where people start get in touch with us we're completely open for any ideas but definitely look at your plan you know look at the financials look at where you're going to go what is it scalable all of those things are important you know what it's it's uh the elevator pitch or three minute pitches you've studied in the uk and in the us they never teach you how to do three minute pitches they, they teach you how to do half an hour or an hour the longer it is the better it is yeah yeah so it, it is really difficult for people to frame their idea into three minutes it any is. recommendations on you know formats they could look at or anywhere they could yeah uh, what i would say is i mean going back to your point it's true they don't really teach you this i think it's a matter of re refining right mm -hmm. so you keep refining you keep refining i would encourage to go to any pitch competitions, any times you can pitch, that's where you'll get your refining moments, right? So people usually will give you feedback, um, especially the people who you're pitching to, mm -hmm. ideally, and they'll tell you, look, you can cut this part out. This is this is the high level information we need. Usually, you know, for example, if you're going to portray what your future plan is, you know, you can do it in a couple of words. You don't need to write four screens about that or four slides about that with lots of wording on it so i would just say keep refining it there's no way to do it other than go back to what is your usp unique selling point what's your core business how do you make your money and you know uh, kind of a plan so high level got it so the other side of the coin for you guys is co-working yes now you have lovely offices in uh, healthcare city yes anywhere else or is that the only place yeah so at the moment we have our co-working space here uh, just to give you some information on that before i look at where we're, we're also going and um, we have like over 100 workstations which is which is a nice space to be in we've got you know we're in a nice conference room now we have other conference rooms downstairs you've seen our theater uh, we're right next to healthcare city metro so we're right, easily accessible to pretty much the whole of dubai we're next to Wafi, the residences, um, and the mall. So there's lots of retail, lots of things. It's a good buzz. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also are expanding to Cochin in okay. India and Singapore. So the goal for us is to have an ecosystem where entrepreneurs can essentially physically go through at any point in time. You have your access card. You can come in 24 hours a day if you want. You know, entrepreneurs work at any time of the day or the night. Um, and we often joke that you'll find someone sleeping here at some point, which does happen, by the way. Um, and so that's the goal to expand to those places and continue to build our not only online ecosystem, but also a physical ecosystem where you can work, have meetings there. Uh, and our focus is on this belt, basically. Okay. Now, with co-working, because we started working from home and, you know, like the majority of the world was working from home during last year. Has this had any effect? Because co-working is 
you know it's in close quarters it it is with a lot of uh, you know a lot of people around it is without that much social distancing as you'd like so have you have you seen any difference i know you haven't been here long but have yeah. you yeah i mean generally like because we didn't open before covid we haven't necessarily seen you know a dip in in anything uh, of course there has been a reluctance towards being in spaces because of the rules and and we did have you know the social distancing like one space open one space not open uh, for a little while when mm. it was required but in general i find that people aren't as impacted at the moment because things are clearing up uh, so i would say more so than impacting us a lot of our businesses businesses were impacted by covid in a positive way okay but in a positive way let's say impact it in a like explain that yeah so for example uh what i mean is one of our companies which i was just mentioning airport assist mm-hmm. they essentially um started in doing airport services so that's like vip vvip even like from arranging flowers to limousine services they started before covid they were in 900 airports um and now they're in like over 1200 that's because during covid when nothing was going on instead of just being defeated they actually worked on their back end right. operations and actually connected with more airports so when everything opened they were ready to kind of spring and actually gained more business by coming back into the market instead of losing it right so that is one example of how they were impacted in a positive way by covid instead of just sitting around and not doing anything um another one is an interesting incubate of ours called thrillark which is um basically an attractions app online booking attractions there's many apps and companies that do that that's not the point but what they did is found a specific niche with last minute bookings um okay. because of covid people didn't know whether they were going to be able to travel they didn't know if the booking was going to go ahead so people stopped booking things in advance they get to dubai and they want to book it last minute so thrillark basically capitalized on this like last minute thing um and they kind of got a lot of exclusive deals with like last minute ticket last minute tickets to burj khalifa okay for example right so when you're on the day if if only they have exclusive deals for that or or a section that's where people are going to book it because they can't get the tickets anywhere else so they capitalized on this the impact of covid so what i'm saying is the way we like to see it is actually adversity can help you um and actually it's good to go through adversity and see it as a uh, a stepping stone towards bigger and better as opposed to something that's going to hold you back of course co-working spaces i mean we were all in, impacted from you know in terms of office space but mm-hmm. actually what you look at is now that people aren't having more corporate offices they're more likely to use co-working spaces because sure. they might think oh hey you know what we'll get our employees to go in every couple of days they can go on rotation we don't need a physical office anymore it provides an opportunity for that and we're also going to be expanding to business bay too so we're going to take a bigger space there nice. um you know again, again it's as all... accessible as this is business space the same yeah. yeah yeah exactly so the goal there again is to have a couple of what we do is we have anchor businesses so i don't know if you saw downstairs the ambulance company mm-hmm. so that's one of the incubates it's a bigger company but it's our anchor right so it helps us to kind of cover uh costs and things so then we know that we can fund it and help startups leverage that so while these startups don't have full um full funding and full income streams they can bounce and have these smaller spaces basically tell me about the you know the country right now more about the mina region for example uh because if we're looking at what's happened in pakistan over the past 6 months or what's happened in india in terms of startup and the new the amount of startups that are coming into uh, the uae 
it's it's just it's it's become you know it's become more rampant i would say with like kitopi getting the amount that they got and everyone everyone's looking at startups as being the next business to get into cuz if you look at the us or if you look at the uk you have a startup culture right you know over there if you tell someone i'm in a startup everyone's like okay this is going to succeed you're in a way you know projecting uh positivity or you're projecting success whereas over here do you think we're in that space yet where if my child gets up and he's like i have a startup and that's what i'm going to do instead of a regular job you think we're in that frame in this region yet um i think we're getting there i definitely say we're slowly getting there but because i mean from my experience here it's a bit prohibitive right because before you can even do anything you need a license you need your jury you know before you've done anything you're spending like 25000 dirhams mm-hmm. just to just to even have a license without mm-hmm. any business right so i think things are changing and there has been like so we work closely with dubai sme uh they actually kindly inaugurated and we're under nice. them we're regulated by them even though we're private uh and you know what i see is there's a shift in the licenses that are available right so you can now have freelancing which never existed before can you have a so, startup can you have a startup under a freelance license uh so not really because a freelancer is an individual in general but what i'm saying is this more flexibility that's happening and now they have like these e-commerce licenses that are a lot cheaper and a lot more accessible to startups especially after covid again because so many people were just doing business from home right and you know this idea that you have to have an ijari or an office space i mean for so many years you're paying 20,000 15,000 dirhams but you're not even getting anything because you're not using your space. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is the reason that it's hard to get into that mindset is actually because the policy hasn't been designed for it, right? Like raw authentic bootstrap startups that you're running from your garage. You can't really do that here yet. But I do see that happening and I do think that it will be happening very soon because the government has to change. If they say that they want SMEs to run this country, then you need to let SMEs function. But they have, haven't they? There's like, a, yeah, so there's, what what difference have you like you've been here for a while. What difference have you seen like after COVID because I I I look at COVID as being, you know, the spark behind definitely. quite a few things. So what have you seen in the startup landscape? Yeah, well definitely one of the things like I just mentioned mm-hmm. is these new like e-trader licenses or e-commerce licenses. There's there's so many more options now to run businesses they reduce these restrictions on having like for example a physical office space you don't have to rent an office space just to get a license you can actually just say i'm running it from a smaller location for example right so there's a, been a lot more flexibility around that uh and that's essentially helping startups because if it if you can just start without feeling like you need i mean in england for example i can pay 30 pounds and have a company and start working yeah that's true uh and it's not the way it is here or there's so much you know red tape around that so that's one thing that i see is changing and having incubators like us the reason they wanted us to devolve this thing and help startups and help smes to grow is cuz they realize they need companies or structures like this to incubate and to accelerate as well right so they're devolving a lot more power instead of holding that and saying no 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 you know what we're going to do this by ourselves they are allowing companies like this to exist startup.com for example the incubator nice 
Okay, so give me your top three tips for a budding entrepreneur or an existing entrepreneur. You gave us one, which was the pitch deck. Give me two more. Yes, uh, definitely the pitch deck is the first one. I would say the second one, if you're like a budding entrepreneur, you've got you know things going on, you're thinking about doing it, is look at what's going on around you in your ecosystem. Is there any problems that you see that you could practically fill with a business? I think one thing we forget is the raw idea that business exists to solve problems, right? So find a problem statement and solve it with a business. Uh, that would be my second tip. And the third one is to kind of, yeah, find something that you, you don't necessarily need to be passionate about it, but something that you're interested in and follow that thread and see again where that leads you, you know, be creative, be innovative and be a winner. Okay, now, so a, a term that I came across uh, last week was me too businesses which essentially would be Kareem over here in relationship to Uber. And then you have Talabat with Deliveroo. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you know, you... to look at a business that is successful in another country and try and implement it over here? 100%. Um, I'm a huge fan of not reinventing the wheel. So I don't see why just because it's already been done, if you can bring it here, but localize it. I think that's one thing that, I mean, I was taught in my MBA is like this idea of globalizing, right? So you have these global businesses. If you localize it for here, like a Macarabia, for example, if McDonald's does, you can actually sell things differently, but it's the same product. So why would you reinvent the wheel when you can just do the same thing, but localize it? Right, well, that's it for this edition of the Entrepreneurial Dash series. And a very big thank you to Zainab for all her insights and experience. Pleasure. Do you know which is the fastest growing programming language in the world? The one which is the most flexible, reliable and capable programming language and one which plays a major role in web development, GUI programming, big data, machine learning as well as custom enterprise solutions. You're, You're right, right, it's, it's Python. Python. It's easy to use with strong performance and a wide range of applications. For future coders like you, Viva Coder Dubai has launched the certified entry-level Python Programmer Certification Training Course. And the good news is you don't require any experience in computer programming. By joining the course, you'll be trained and ready for the PCEP Certification Examination. Enroll now. For more information, visit www.vivacoder.com. That's www.vivacoder.com. The, the starting, starting place, place to become, become a future, future coder. coder.